Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 383, we get to chat with amazing boss babes and collaborators, Liz Bohannon and Jessica Honiger. Because we live in a world that does not, it it doesn't set us up well for true community and relationships. And so what that means is that the answer is, unfortunately, yes, you have to go build it. Like it doesn't just show up on your doorstep and you can't wait for your mom group to come and be like, hey, we're here and we're already formed and there's a seat at the table for you. Jessica is the founder of Noonday Collection and Liz is the founder of Seiko Designs. Both women were leading amazing fair trade fashion brands and they decided that instead of competing, they would join forces and they have created this partnership together. And so in this episode, we are talking about what it looks like to collaborate, to work alongside each other as females in industry and also in our homes as moms. What does that mean? And how can we think outside the box on our mom community and who we come alongside? Because Jessica and Liz don't even live in the same state. Their kids aren't the same age. And it is a great relationship where they are supporting each other as moms who have these roles outside of their homes. So I can't wait to share it with you. Before we get to that episode, though, I wanted to give you an update on our bakery project. So basically, last week, I shared with you an awesome opportunity we have to collaborate with a local church in Guatemala. Compassion International has facilitated this opportunity. And what it is, is we get to help fund and bring the equipment for a bakery in Guatemala that will employ 125 women. It'll also train them in entrepreneurship, just like these entrepreneurs we're talking with today, and give them financial independence, which is huge in Guatemala. That is going to help these women with their families and provide an income, you get to be a part of it. We get to be moms who make a difference. And so far we are, we've already brought in money for a third of our goal, almost $4,000. We are trying to raise $12,400 to get this bakery off the ground. And so you can join us if you go to compassioncauses.com forward slash DMA. You're going to pick income generation, then you'll pick make a difference, and then you will see the bakery project and you can give $5. Y'all, this is, I'm not asking you to sacrifice your own budget to do this. If the amount of listeners who listen to this show gave a dollar, we would meet, we would meet and over meet this goal. So I want you to know that it matters most to me that you're partnering with us, not the amount that you're giving. So I would love for you to feel like you are a part of something bigger than yourself and that we could collaborate on this project together. All right, let's get to my conversation with Liz and Jessica. Here we go. Liz, Jessica, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Heather, it is so good to be here with you today. I mean, this is so fun. I'm just now realizing this thought has never occurred to me, but hearing you say both of our names at once, like, we definitely have those names where you can tell what era we were born in. Like Liz and Jessica have a strong vibe. Like, you know, you're talking to somebody in their thirties and forties with Liz and Jessica. Don't That's you? That's right. 
That's right. I kind of feel like Heather, not to put this on you, but I feel like Heather fits in that category. Liz, <laughs> Jessica, and Heather. Heather, Hello. legit. I don't meet anyone younger than 40. <laughs> I'm straight up 77. Okay, y'all. I'm so old. Y'all don't even know. You're my young friends. Okay. You're my young friends. Um, I really like you saying that, Heather, considering I am born in 76. Okay, good. Okay, we are. We're buddies. Okay, we're good. We're buddies. Um, it's so fun to have three people, but I know for you listener, it can be a little tricky to be like, who's who? So we'll take a second. I'll have Jessica, you introduce your family real quick. And then Liz, you introduce your family real quick. And then we'll just keep filling your ears with sounds. <laughs> okay. Well, it is so fun to be on here today. Don't mom alone. That's basically a huge reason that Liz and I came together and so cool because I'm a season in front of her, a few seasons in front of her. So I'm just excited to get to talk today, but I'm Jessica Honiger, founder and um, co-CEO of Noonday Collection. And I've got three kids that are now 13, 14, and 16. And a wonderful husband who cries a lot. <laughs> That's just a small detail, but it is so endearing to our family. I love crying. I know Buddy and Elf says smiling is his favorite, but crying is literally my favorite. I know I'm with two um, aggressive stance Enneagrammers. <laughs> I am a four. And so crying is amazing. Man, I, I am would... learning. I am learning. I have to say every now and then when I meet with my therapist midday, I always cry. I can't have an appointment with my therapist without crying. And I always just, it's like a metabolize whatever's happening. And I'm like so much better the rest of the day. And I'm like, I don't even know. I just think crying helps. It does. True. It's I have a stress reliever. Actually, it's good. Um, trying to cry more in front of my kids. Oh, I'm realizing that that is something that I feel like I deprive them of actually a little bit. It's like not modeling out that that's a thing that adults do and how to handle it. And um, and not on purpose. I don't like hide my tears from them, but I just like when I'm in front of my kids, I'm not typically in a space where I'm in touch with that more tender part of myself. So I actually do have a goal of, of crying more. Do you just me. pinch yourself more? Like how yeah. do you, make, <laughs> what's your, um, tear hacker? Onion. Hack. Yeah. Onion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I think if I like when I'm intentional and I think about it, there are times where I do want to cry and I hold it back. Cause I'm like, Oh, but I'm with my kids and, I'm trying to distract myself or put a positive spin on something and just being like, I want my kids to have a model that it's like super healthy to be in touch with that part of yourself. I just cried with my kids last night Aww. reading something. It was just huge God moment. I, I sent read? this to Liz. Yeah. Well, I was just having a hard day. You know how you can have some of those hard days and really just needing to believe that God is faithful and experiencing that in an embodied way. And I received a random text at like, or it was around five. And so my family was home and it was this song called Seasons, but it was all about God's faithfulness. And it even talks about from seed to sequoia. And I had just given a keynote last weekend all about how we are a sequoia grove and our roots are growing wide and, you know, sequoias grow through fires. She had no idea. And so I've received it. And then I just, I read, I read the verses out loud to my kids. And of course my husband cries because he just cries literally almost on a daily basis. <laughs> and so he's crying and I don't think my kids cried, but anyway, it's powerful. It's powerful to humanize 
humanize ourselves for our children. Yeah. Okay, Liz, tell us about your kids. Tell us about your story. Introduce yourself. Well, I'm, I was kind of for a moment thinking about for your listeners' sake, maybe I should like speak in an English accent. So <laughs> you know you- when I moved to Texas, that was what I was going to do. I was going to have a British accent. I was like, we'd moved every year for five years. And I was like, this time I'm going to be British. Yes. That would have been bad because we've been here 18 years. That'd be oh, yeah. You really would have gotten yourself. You really would have backed yourself into that <laughs> corner. When I was in eighth grade, I did not play soccer historically, like as a child. And I just thought it would be funny to go out and try out for the soccer team. And there was a new coach and he was like completely unassociated with our school. And so I definitely tried out as the new exchange student from London. And then I made the team unexpectedly, which is <laughs> more about the quality of the team than it does my athletic ability. So then for the whole season and the whole team was in on it from the whole season, I was Elizabeth Ashley who had oh, just arrived a, from London. <laughs> you have a great accent. Oh yes. You must use it the entire show. No. Okay. Okay. Liz, your okay. kids, your kids. Tell so us. Liz. <laughs> Pork and Bohannon. I have three boys under the age of six. So I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost one and a half-year-old. So I am in the thick of the little season. And I am married to also an amazing partner who cries semi-easily, but not even close to Joe. Like Joe definitely, uh, definitely beats Ben is my partner's name. And we live in Portland, Oregon. Oh. And you are the founder oh, of. Yes. So I am the founder of a company called Seiko Designs, a sustainable social selling fashion brand. And recently, very recently, uh, Jess and I have decided to go at it together. And so Seiko and Noonday have merged under the Noonday collection brand. And we are running fast and hard together. And it is so fun. So fun. Like about not momming alone. Yeah. Don't mom alone. Don't. I'm like, I'm doing it with everything. I'm like, don't write a book alone. Don't launch alone. Don't anything I'm finding. And I was such, I don't know about y'all, but I am a, I can go farther by myself type person. I'm not a team player. I, I did not like team sports. I am like not that person. And so it has been a stretch for me. And it's so freeing once I, experienced my friends who made me join them in motherhood. And I've also experienced when I tried to do it alone and I'm literally having panic attacks and in the counselor's office and in 12 step recovery and all the things, how it doesn't work. So I want to know what kind of started this idea to collaborate. And it seems like you're creating a new path. Like this has maybe not been done in this space before? I don't think so. No. Entrepreneurs on top of entrepreneurs. I mean, we're doing it. And I have to read this Adam Grant quote though, really quick. Cause it just was so good. It says people are happier to help than we expect data. We overestimate how inconvenienced they'll feel and underestimate how valued they'll feel. Asking isn't always a burden. It's often an opportunity to help others feel capable and useful. Seeking help is an expression of trust. And I think the reason that we do things alone is because of the story that women especially tell ourselves, we're going to be a burden, you know, or, or like it means weakness that we can't get this done or whatever. And I think those are the limiting beliefs that hold us back from experiencing the beauty and the depth 
of partnership and having Liz is, it is such a gift and we are having so much fun together and we really are sharing motherhood. I mean, there was a meeting last Monday night where I just said, oh my gosh, my daughter's got a volleyball game. Can you, we, we're calling each other our stunt doubles, even though she's 10 years younger. <laughs> I'm going to get my Botox. Time to get my Botox. <laughs> um, but the yeah. bigger this gets, the more stretch, there's less wrinkles. Okay. That's right. Just that's right. another sandwich. That's it. Yeah. But I, you know, Liz and I have been running side by side for many years and kind of giving each other high fives along the way. And, you know, back in the spring, there was just, um, you know, this has been a tough environment to hold still, you know, sustain a retail business and the social impact space. And so many of our partners are going through far worse situations than us and really wanting to show up for them in a big way. And I just reached out to Liz and said, Hey, I think it's time to collaborate. You know, you, you, she had mentioned a couple of years ago, we'd been on a call and she's like, we should think about what it would look like to combine forces. So that is really what started the conversation. We didn't know exactly how it would end, but it just started making more and more sense for Seiko to merge under Noonday. And now she is our chief growth officer and business partner. And is it's just been a beautiful, beautiful partnership. I think it's especially unique in our business. So we're a social selling company. So the primary way that we drive revenue and impact is that our products are sold through a network of mainly women, almost exclusively women. You can be a man, but um, <laughs> who share the story and style their friends and earn an income. And our businesses can tend to be pretty founder centric. The founder's personality, their vision is it's a big part of the business. It's very different than like a you know, a D to C business that it's like maybe a founder started it, but then handed it off. And the customer probably wouldn't ever really know that. Right. Whereas our, just the nature of our industry is that it can be pretty founder centric. And so it's been really fun. And also like, I feel so proud of us that, that we've been able to share that together, even though so much of our personalities and our values really get infused into the business, the risk of, sharing that is just a lot higher than it is in a traditional business. And yet what we've seen is that by choosing collaboration over competition, by making generous assumptions, by kind of existing under this canopy of trust, I mean, I'm just going to say it and I'll speak for myself. It has been so much easier than mm -hmm. I thought it would be. Like it just has been, it's been, I mean, I'm not saying the merge and the business side and everything, there's definitely been challenges, but as far as like sharing that, I feel like we both came to the table with such a belief that we're better together and that having a stunt double is an amazing, it's more of a gift than it is a cost. And so just like- Well, our people that. have seen that. We just did our first in-person leadership event and I was struck by how many women just said, wow, this can be t done. Two strong female leaders can share the stage. And I'm like, oh my gosh, sharing the stage actually gave me even more energy. And what's really cool, Heather, is I know you guys are doing um, a Compassion International push right now for women in Guatemala, which we have uh, such a rich relationship with women in Guatemala specifically. And we are creating jobs, so many jobs specifically for women in Guatemala to be able to work from home. So women are making uh, their bead makers or weavers. And what they do is they come and they get their materials and then they're able to go home, work from home with their kids running 
running around and actually earn an income that really largely supports their family. But um, in this coming together, we got to bring together our Ugandan partners. So Noonday Collection started with our first partner was in Uganda with a woman named Jalia. And Liz's, their partnership in in Uganda uh, was founded by a woman named Aggie. And because Liz and I are coming together, we've brought Aggie and Jalia together. And they're now meeting together and acting as business mentors for one another. And their passion is to create opportunity for girls and women in Uganda. So it really is this global connection of choosing collaboration over competition and really just running far from that scarcity mentality that there's just not enough at the table. Instead, we're just building a bigger table. And it's it really... I think, you know, we're walking the talk, we're in the arena, we're actually doing it. I think Liz and I for a long time have talked about this. We both write about this in our books about just really collaboration as being a spirit that really drives us a strong value of ours. But actually to get in the arena and say, we're going to actually do this has been really powerful. And, you know, the speed of trust has been incredible. And I think that's because we've done a lot of work before this to let go of some of those limiting beliefs around scarcity and competition. And so it's enabled us to just kind of, it's kind of like we were running and then we looked, looked by to our side and we're like, Hey, let's grab hands and let's run and let's go. And that's really what it feels like. I don't know about y'all, but it seems like everything is more expensive One place that has been helping me save money on feeding my four boys who really, really love eating is Thrive Market. They also make it really simple for me to hold on to my values when it comes to eating without all the extra chemicals and junk that I don't really want to bring into our home. And I try my best. Uh, We still, you know, we have our occasional junk food, but Thrive Market I have loved shopping with them because I can get high quality and affordable grocery items in one place. Things that are almost impossible to find sometimes, but Thrive Market makes it less stressful and I get everything I need. So you are going to go on there and you're going to save up to 30% off the best organic groceries. I have found products like my favorite keto chips. I'm a big fan of the Thrive Market chips. There was, I'm kind of a chips and salsa fanatic, and they had a bundle that was two bags of chips, two jars of salsa, and it was 50% off. And so that even feeds me and my little snack needs. Uh, I also have loved some of their cleaning products that are hard to find, things like Molly Suds, their oxygen whitener. It's a different version of a whitener that I can use on my boys' clothes. It's also easy to find if you want low sugar or keto or gluten-free, zero waste. Anything you want to find, they have a search option that make it super, super fun. And with Thrive Market's fast and free carbon neutral shipping, you're also saving a lot of time otherwise spent in grocery lines and parking lots. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are joining a community of 1 million members and sponsoring a family in need. Get convenient, high-quality, affordable groceries delivered with Thrive Market. Join Thrive Market today and get a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash DMA to get a free $60 gift. That's thrivemarket.com slash DMA. 
I mean, one of my favorite things is when I meet someone and I'm like, oh, you should be friends with this person because together y'all would connect and could support each other in a unique way, whether it's a hard thing you've both been through, whether it's a hard thing you're going through right now, whether it's a strength you both have that could support one another. It's so cool to see the exponential impact that can happen when we do collaborate. But I'm curious, did either of you have, I mean, you talked about those limiting beliefs. You talked about the scarcity and just that, like, I don't want to look weak. I don't want to look like I'm, did it feel like in your business journey at all? And this is going to be maybe an honest, honest question, but like, that you're like, this is maybe a mistake. This is a risk not worth taking. With the merge specifically. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I love vulnerability and I love sharing good, juicy, hard things. So maybe I'm like tempted to let Jess go first. I, I can say for me specifically in this, no, I have okay. felt like there's just been a, it has been hard. Like it, yeah. this has been easily the hardest six months probably of my entire life. And just what with is like the, details, like with paperwork yeah, kind of details? Uh, yes. I mean, literally just kind of the nuts and bolts of getting the deal done huge implications for, I mean, change management. It's like, we are navigating probably like close to 2000 people. It wasn't just a decision that Jess and I got to make and just be like, oh, we trust each other. This is going to be great. We had to do that. And then we had to shepherd 2000 other people, whether that's, you know, suppliers, stakeholders, our field, our HQ teams. There was, it was, I honestly feel like I got a master's degree in change management and transition therapy. It, it, I think both Jess and I have felt like the last like four months of our professional lives have been like kind of group counselors, therapists in a way, while also doing something that for us is really challenging. Mm -hmm. So it's been hard, like when you're showing up to care for other people and you're going, I, this is very hard, but like, I don't even have time or space for it to be hard for me because I know it's hard for you. Um, so I'm not saying that it's been roses and sunshine. I feel like I, I didn't wake up with cold sweats in like the middle of the night and, uh, you know, feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. And I, I will, say it sounds super, super woohoo. But for me, very early on in the process, there yeah. were some things that, um, this is a faith-based podcast, right? Oh, out. tell, tell them okay. the dream story. Okay. Come on. Come okay. on. I bring it. We got say the dream in here. story. Come like on. The Holy spirit. Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause this was like such a moment you don't have, I don't, it's not like this happens to me all the time. But long story short, I, Jess and I had probably not connected in months and months at this point, I don't think. And I had a dream. We were in the middle of of running pretty hard and fast in a very different direction. And I had a dream one night, super, this super crystal clear dream that we were at a conference and I saw Jess across the room and I walked up to her and I was like, Hey, it's time. Like, it's time that we do this together. And I woke up, was like, so floored by because my dreams are usually like pretty trippy and you know not like that literal and I like woke up I told my husband I told my business partner I was like I had this crazy dream about Jessica and noonday last night literally the next day at around noon I was downstairs eating lunch and my little text went off and I looked at it and it was Jess and literally the text was like hey I think it's time that we have the conversation about going together And I still, I've told this story and I still get goosebumps when I tell it, but those are the moments where it's like that removed all doubt for me. 
Yeah, I'm crying right now. I'm crying right now hearing it again. Just because it's been, it doesn't mean it hasn't been so hard to Liz's point. But there is something so beautiful when you have that marker of faith that you can always go back to. And faith does just, it makes hard a little bit less hard, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what we've been able to hold on to is just really believing that this was the right thing. So, you know, last weekend we gathered our leaders together and we're leading them through this transition for, so for former Seiko fellows, they are leaving behind sort of their identity and their community as this Seiko fellow and becoming Noonday Collection Ambassadors and Noonday Collection Ambassadors now have several hundred women where we're building a new culture together. And that was dawning on them last weekend. You know, they're kind of going, oh, this is like, this is really different. Like we are building something brand new together. And we did hire a transitions coach where we named out loud in small groups, what are your losses? What, what it's, what's been your loss of attachment, identity, turf, purpose, structure? And it's that's really vulnerable to let people hold those spaces of pain. I mean, not for you. You're an Enneagram 4. So you and I are just like, oh, my like, God, oh, you grieved? So nice. oh, fun. You grieved. It love grief. Yes. No, <laughs> I was like, all grief like that oh. that uh, that's the first time we've ever kicked off a conference was we're going to grieve today <laughs> and so we did we grieved hard there there wasn't a dry eye we lit stuff on fire and then the next day we started building a new community manifesto together and you know it was hard work honestly i have never been more exhausted after a conference that took me off guard just a little bit but i think just like yes there is so much change but it's just it's when you know that you know that you know and you have that faith to lean into it just is like but that's okay we're going to make it through you know and yeah it just sounds like you had confidence on the front end maybe a little bit clueless to what the reality would look like and the challenges of actually doing it. So that's okay. Like, I feel like that's motherhood. That's mm. us going in oh and we don't gosh. know really what the teenagers will look like or really what even toddlers and sending kids off to school will look like, but we're just following God and we're trusting he ultimately has a bigger plan. And I think there's a quote from Elizabeth Elliot that's like the safest place is the center of God's will is our only safety. Mm-hmm. Like we can hustle and bustle and make up plans. And ultimately when you have that clarity of that dream, you know, this is God's direction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean easy, breezy, beautiful. There's loss, there's grief, there's challenge, there's hardship, but you know, you're in the center of it. Like he's doing something bigger than you could ever imagine. And there's just a peace that comes with that. It's definitely also made Jess and I think on the motherhood side of things. And it's like, obviously people do job shares. That's like a thing kind of, I don't know very many people who have done that. And the people that I do know have done it at a different level. Like they're just there in their careers or kind of the roles that they play in the organization. And definitely what Jess and I are doing, it's not a traditional job share, but it does feel like it, it has some of those benefits where I feel like, Jess and I both respectively have carried things in our organization that have been like, they're the only ones that can do this. And that is awesome. And it's also really hard. And those are the things that feel like when they're butting up against what you need or what your family needs, where you can really feel like you're in that 
you're backed into a corner where it's like, I have to let somebody down. I'm either letting my family down or I'm letting my organization down. And so to kind of have what I think for both of us feels a little bit like a backstop of like, no, now I have somebody that I can call that I can say like, Hey, it's really important to me that I be here for my kids in this way. And knowing that you're not, you're not sacrificing the organization is not suffering because of that. Um, because there is just like, yeah, that there's partnership and that we're able to share in some of those things together. I think for both of us in, in different seasons of parenting have been such a gift because the reasons in that we need to be available to our kids are just really different right now because we're in different stages of parenting. Um, so that's just been like, it's been, it's been a really, really sweet part of the gig for both of us, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's nice in a way that you're in different stages because oftentimes I feel like where I see the competition in moms Mm. is ones in similar stages where it's like, they got into this college. Did your kid get, what college did your kid get into? Mm. They made this select team and your kid, you're in the exact same community vying for similar positions and getting your gold stars in different ways, like in similar ways yeah. that mm. causes the competition instead of y'all can be open and be like, this was hard. They threw a tantrum here and you're in the teen years. And you're like, yeah, they threw a different tantrum. about. <laughs> oh, this has gotten an earful. I've scared her. I've scared her to death of what's but, coming. He kind of has. Again, I am yeah. like low-key pretty anxious. But I also like, I remember this day, this was even before we had like made the merger official, but I was in town and we were working on it and we were just having a conversation it had nothing to do with work. It was all about motherhood and parenting. And I remember Jess, you going, I just had no idea. I had no idea. No one told me. I didn't have anybody preparing me that this was going to be something that my kids were going to walk through. And I just wish I would have known. And then you looking at me, Jess, and you you said you were like, you're not going to be alone because you have me. And I just remember that was like such a tender moment of you going like, I felt really alone and I'm not going to let you be alone. And have mm-hmm. you gone a little bit overboard of making sure I know what's coming my way? Maybe, <laughs> arguably, yes. <laughs> but I would rather be an information overload, absolutely, than like, you know, in the dark. And I think that that's something, you know, I actually just read, it was this morning or last night, Jen Hatmaker posted on her Ugh, Instagram. I read that. About the loneliness of when you're struggling as a parent, because there is this real, there's so many things that we feel like we can take to our communities or take to the internet and get, you know, people saying me too and reaching out. Mm-hmm. Um, and with our kids, there is, I think rightfully so this, like, especially as they, I even feel more freedom with my kids at the age that they are, but I know that there will come a day when I don't feel freedom to share their stories because it's them and it's their lives and it's their stories and journeys. And so I, I don't think that it's wrong that we're protecting. I think it's right. And one of the really hard outcomes of that is that I think unless you've cultivated real, meaningful, vulnerable offline community, what ends up happening is you're feeling super alone and really like, because no one's talking about it, maybe for good reason, but also it yeah. makes you feel more broken, more left behind, more afraid of judgment because you're not seeing these conversations happen like so openly in public. And so I think, yeah, it just kind of lit a fire in me to make sure that I continue in my own community to cultivate that, especially as our kids start to get to an age where I could see right now, it's just like, I just feel like it's, there's not as much shame. Like my, my four-year-old's being a little, I was not going to say. Is it a boy, but- right? David Thomas, he meets with more parents of four-year-old boys and 14-year-old boys because of the testosterone surge. 
Really? I listened to a podcast. It might've been his. I listened to a podcast that was a therapist that said the amount of parents of four-year-old boys that come into their office and go, but is he a sociopath? (laughs) Like he will be in prison. I'm sure there is no, there's so much aggression. There's no impulse control. All the things that you associate with testosterone. Yeah. It helped me. It helped me like, oh, okay, this isn't a forever. This is a, we would say alive till five. Like it just felt like they were so impulsive at four. Like just get them to five. There's something. I have a, I have a six-year-old and we have not grown (laughs) We have not figured out our impulse <laughs> control, so we might be a little. We I might. have a forty-nine-year-old husband, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think that it's really such a gift beyond. Like I'm hearing the gift of collaboration and supporting you to be the moms you want to be and the businesswoman you want to be, doing making social impact, amazingly leading these other women to have impact in their communities that you have each other kind of helps, you know, that carry that, um, what's her name started. It helps you carry the load. Like you're not, it's not mm. all on your shoulders, all affairs, all affairs. But then I'm thinking the gift of you being in two different cities, two different mm. stages is kind of wanting me to encourage moms to think about, is there someone from your past a high school friend, a college mm. friend, someone that maybe doesn't live in your town anymore that you could chat with more regularly, like make Mm -hmm. a coffee date over the phone or as you're walking or whatever, so that you get that support because the teen years, the tween years, it is hard. You can't maybe say the thing they're struggling with because the kid gets shunned by the parent. They're like, well, I don't want my kid to hang out with that kid if Mm. they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. Mm. So I don't know. I feel like there could be a gift in that. That is a good point. Yeah. To decrease the competition or and to increase or it's like almost to protect the privacy, mm-hmm. you know, that too of yeah. your teen, right? I'm also a big fan of amazing beauty products that are clean, that work, and that are better for the world, that are helping out organizations that help communities thrive. And Thrive Cosmetics is that for me. I love particularly their liquid lash extensions mascara. It is vegan. It is tubing. It is their best-selling product. It has more than 20,000 five-star reviews. Basically, you put it on, and what happens is it doesn't break my eyelashes because when you wash off your makeup, it comes off in a tube. It's like created a tube around each lash. So they lengthen from the root to the tip and I'm not having to damage my eyes with lash extensions. It's nourishing ingredients. I find that I am looking so much better with this mascara. I'm also loving their brilliant eye brightener. It's like a cream to powder highlighter stick. It brightens and opens my eyes. If you've noticed on my Instagram stories, Um, a little eye lift for my weary eyes. I just put it in the inner corner of my eyes and it looks like I've had lots of sleep, which I haven't. Okay. I have four boys. Um, You can also use their as an eyeshadow for a daytime glow. So many cool options. They, I have three shades and I've kind of been using them in combination. It's kind of fun, something new. So if you want to check it out and you want to help other organizations uh, because for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. They have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous causes. So now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. 
And right now you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, Medics, M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash DMA to get 15% off your first order. If you've been around the podcast a while, then you have seen me share about Animo. It is a biblically-based trading card game. It was created by a dad. He and his wife noticed how their kids would study trading cards, memorizing them, imitating them, carrying them around, sharing them with others, collecting as many as they could, and they thought that's what we want them to do with God's word. They wanted something more worthy of their time and brain space. So they created some cards, gave it to them for Christmas in 2016. The response from them and others was more than they expected, and so In 2018, they released Animo to the public. Now, what's awesome is with Animo, each character on the card represents a virtue or a sin and is accompanied by a Bible verse that either helps them live out the virtue or overcome the sin. There's a couple games they can play. One's a trading card style game for ages seven and up, two to four players. The other is a simple draw and swap game the whole family can play around the table ages four and up. They also have a monthly Bible verse challenge, and if you participate, you get a free hologram version of a card of the month in the mail. They have lots of expansion packs from their starter deck, which is a good place to start for younger players that has simple concepts, simple gameplay, and verses from all over the Bible. They have cross trainers, which is focusing on the early church, and verses from Paul's writing, Red Letter Day, which highlights the words of Jesus, Fearless, which is a new expansion pack that focuses on how to stand it firm and live without fear. That one is currently in production, but they will have pre-orders open by the time you are hearing this. And the last day to get the discounts is today, October 17th, but you can still pre-order after that. They're hoping that your child will carry these cards with them, hide them in the heart, and share them with others because the art and the characters aren't cheesy. They're engaging it's a great way to share God's word. We They believe that God's word is a gift, and I agree, and it should be enjoyed. If you want to go check it out, go to animocards.com. Use the code DMA20. You'll get 20% off your first order for products currently in stock. It doesn't work for apparel or the pre-orders because they already have a discount. Go to animocards.com. Use that code DMA20. You'll get 20% off your first order. Yeah, I love that. I really love that idea as a way of, but, and I like that you call it out that it has to be intentional because Mm -hmm. that's the other thing that I see a lot in women in general, but especially moms, you know, there's that meme going around that has the voiceover. That's like, they say it takes a village, but how do you get the village? Do they just show up? Yeah. And it's like, on the one hand, I think that that's, it's a super valid question. And I, I actually hear the kind of heartbreak and exhaustion in that because we live in a world that does not, it, it doesn't set us up well for true community and relationships. And so what that means is that the answer is, unfortunately, yes, you have to go build it. Like it doesn't just show up on your doorstep and you can't wait for your mom group to come and be like, hey, we're here and we're already formed and we're there's a seat at the table for you. More often than not, it's showing up in spaces and going like, I'm going to go first and I'm going to be the friend that I need. And Also, I'm going to do it with a level. I sometimes have felt shame around how intense I can be around friendship. Like I can be a little militant with the intentionality of like, but I think 
now I'm not apologetic for it because 20 years in, 15 years in, I'm going, oh, look what it built. Like, mm-hmm. because, it, because it doesn't just happen. I know that it takes commitment and that it takes intentionality and that it takes showing up and following up like these games that we play with each other. Like, well, I sent the last text and they never texted me back. Like that is not a generous assumption. You know, one of my best friends the other day, we were trying to figure out a time to get her out here to Portland. She's like literally one of my best friends. And we were going back and forth about dates. And then she completely dropped off the map. And I followed up probably four or five days later and was like, Hey, like, just want to, you know, bring this back up. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I sent you a voice text. And now I'm realizing it didn't go through. Oh my God, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) Like that must've felt so weird that I just dropped off. And on the one hand, I was like, yeah, it kind of did feel weird, but do you know what was running through my head? She's pregnant. She has two young kids. She's traveling. Like there was not even a part of me that was like, she's not prioritizing me or she's ignoring me or like, right. I don't have time for games like this. No. Like, no, and, if I love you and I want to yeah. be in community with you, I'm going to keep pursuing you. And, like, and I think the fact that we get to go build this is actually empowering. Like to me, that's really empowering because I think you can sit at home and you can start, you can feel really alone and you can start telling yourself a story that everybody's at the play date, but you that everybody else has community, but you, that everybody else is getting invited to the party on Friday night, but you, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to go show up and be the friend that I want, that I want to have in my life right now. And I think that it loneliness doesn't happen to us. Mm-hmm. So I love that we don't have to be a victim to our loneliness, that we actually can go and seek out and build and be that mom friend that we want to be to someone else. And that's the only way I have friends, you know, is just by doing that. Like Liz and I have a rich community, yeah, proximate, proximate, rich community. And that just, that didn't just happen. You know, we, we are both extremely intentional. And I think it's that intention that we have approached our other female relationships with that enabled us also to just have a very quick trust speed and a very quick friendship and partnership because we have been doing this for a long time. What are some of those practical things you do? Because I know you're both busy, your mom's three kids, like someone's saying, okay, yeah, I want to be intentional. It's on my mini to-do list of like, stay connected to my husband, take care of my kids, respond to that email, have friends. And yet it ends up, you know, I even find I want to be with these people. We are trying so hard to make our calendars align. And it's just like, no one's available for lunch. We send out the text. No. Okay. No, I'm doing this. I'm doing, oh, we'd like to do a movie night. We have tried, you know, okay. Well, you know what? Only two of the five of us can get together for movie night. We're still going to do it. Totally. Yeah. I think like not waiting, not waiting census, but also I think scheduling reoccurring things because, and you go through a little bit of a learning curve where the first few weeks or the first few months, people's schedules, you know, are still a little bit, you know, mismatching, but if you can agree in advance, then you start building your schedule around it. So for me, I've been meeting with a group of women here in Portland that are kind of my proximate core community. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 8.30 every single week. And it's like pretty diehard. It's like, hey, if you're in town, unless somebody's dying or, you know, like you come, like you come, if you're in town, you prioritize it and you build your calendar around it. So our family, my husband also meets with a group of guys the same night that that's only able to work because the people that we're meeting with, we literally share property with. So we put our kids to bed and then 
guys go here, girls go here. But what has happened and why it's not hard anymore is because our family, we do not make plans on Wednesday night. If an opportunity comes up that would take us out of that, it's just literally baked into the culture of our family that that's intentional time and it's grown up time for us to you know cultivate meaningful, intentional relationships with people. So just on a very practical level, like I think the back and forth scheduling calendar, like that is a doom spiral. I hate it more than anything in my entire life. So I avoid it a lot of times by saying, let's make it easy. We pick one night, we pick one time, whether it's once a month, whether it's once a week, and we all start committing and building our schedule around it. And it does also take sacrifice. But that's the question that you have to ask yourself is, what am I willing to give up? A lot of people say they want things and then they're are actually not willing to sacrifice. It's like, well, I want it and I want to be able to do everything else. And or they just don't prioritize or they just tell themselves that story of like Netflix is going to be better. I started doing something, uh, gosh, it's been about a year and a half now with seven female leaders. I was really wanting to build community among leaders and just people going through similar things as me because there's just a unique, it's just very unique. Now I have Liz too, which is awesome. Um, And we started meeting together once a month for three hours. And these are women that travel. I mean, they've got a lot going on. And then we meet together once a year for an in-person kind of retreat. And it is super intentional. Um, It is very deep. And now we just, and and then we boxer in between, you know, so we'll, you know, and but there's so much generous assumption too, you know, so there's a lot, like there's boxers that go out and people might not listen to them for two weeks and that's, that's okay. Um, But again, I think it's this intention and it's booking it ahead of time. So I literally know when I'm meeting with these women now, nine months in advance, and I'm blocking those times and I'm prioritizing that over everything else. It sounds dumb because I think in our minds, we want to just, you know, have like a village. At least I always felt that way. I always wanted actually more what Liz has, which is a very proximate communal village. Um, I don't have that like I always wanted to. I had it actually. And then as our kids kind of got older, it just like the kids weren't gelling as much as they were. So it just it, things changed. So I I personally went through a really big shift in friendship kind of during COVID. And that was when it was like, okay, well, if if this is going to be different now, then I'm going to go build a Zoom group. And that's okay too, you know? And so I think I was so idealistic. It was like, oh my gosh, it has to be proximate. We have to be aligned on everything. We have to basically like share our finances and co-parent each other's kids. Like it was a very <laughs> high ideal. Yeah. And there was a season in life where we kind of had that. And then it was like, you know what? We're doing things a little differently. COVID kind of, you know, we we were like, okay, we're we're doing things differently, and so it's like, gosh, I'm going to go pursue a, a different kind of community, and it was it was okay, you know. And so I think you also have to just let go of some of that idealism and start small. Start small. Start with one friend that you can hook up with on Zoom, or you can have a drink with, you know, every couple weeks. And don't discount yourself. Don't let perfectionism hold you back from the good. That's such a good word of being willing to start, start small. And I also would add, we have got, we have got to stop the mom martyring. Mm. I'm like a part of a couple of Facebook groups that I joined when I was a new mom for literally like my baby has a rash and the doctor's (laughs) office is closed, you know, but it's become this very interesting space that I'm, I'm, I'm primarily just like observe. And there are so many women, this kind of notion of 
I don't have friends and I'm lonely. And there is this twinge, this kind of subtext of like, almost like bragging, like women who are just like, I haven't had a night out in a year and a half. And I don't mean to sound not compassionate or not empathetic, but also I'm going like, oh, and no wonder you're super isolated. You're really alone. Like you hate your life. You resent your husband. You are like, you have literally built a life of isolation and you're doing it in a way that I feel like it's kind of like mommy martyr Olympics, where it's like, I'm such a good selfless. I sacrifice everything for my family. I'm low key miserable. And I just feel like we have to do better than that. And we have to celebrate women prioritizing themselves, prioritizing their relationships. And I say, I'm, I've been practicing this since I became a mom and it still is hard. Like still when I'm getting on the plane to go to my weekend retreat, to Jess's point, we plan the next retreat. We try to do it at the existing retreat. So it's like, I have a place booked in Joshua Tree for us next April. That's where I just was oh, two good. weeks ago. And it's so amazing. Very excited about it. But it's like- Get so your bandanas, episode, ladies. Get your hats. Come on. To work around it. But even yeah. then I feel guilty that it's like, you know, even on social media, me being like, look, I'm jetting off. I'm leaving my kids behind to go like on this girl's week and re retreat because I still am buying into the lie that I'm not a good mom because I'm leaving my kids and I'm like going off to have girl time. When I know the intellectual belief that I hold deep is that this actually makes me a way better mom and a way better partner and wife. And like my husband just went on a four day fishing trip with his dad. And, you know, that's a big burden on me for four days in the midst of some, you know, wild stuff to like be solo parenting while my husband's like, you know, taking a, a luxury time away. And I am just so, you know, I sent him a text message on Thursday when he left being like, thank you for going. Thank you for pr prioritizing adventure and for this relationship with your dad. And like, because I know that makes you a better partner, a better dad, a better family member. You're going to come home feeling refreshed. And we have to fight for that in one another, whether it's our partners or with other moms and going like, I'm done with the mommy suffering Olympics. Like how much you're suffering is not a mark of how great. When we're saying collaboration over competition, like the competition of who's the better mom by who's the more sacrificial, it sounds like that's the competition you're talking about. Like yes. who's more miserable, who's winning the miserable mom <laughs> Olympics. And I went to a mops group and the mom started, she's like, I'm always teaching my kids not to grumble. And I realize I need to work on grumbling. And my thing is don't just decide I'm going to stop grumbling. Maybe let's do some work to figure out why am I grumbling? Like what's off in my life where I'm not enjoying it and I'm not in like, let's do some work to diagnose this symptom instead of just saying, I'm going to stop the symptom mm. because I think grumbling, complaining, depression, um, exhaustion, these are all symptoms of some deeper issue going on. Mm -hmm. And just saying, I'm going to stop doing it because that makes me feel bad, or I'm going to keep doing it because that makes me feel like I'm winning the miserable mom Olympics. I just don't think that's the life abundant that God wants for us. Mm -mm. That's something that we do in our group therapy group. We call it group therapy. It is group therapy. There's a psychiatrist involved as well. <laughs> I didn't mention that part, but we do something called part work where we identify these different parts of us. Like what's, yes. who's the lonely family part. systems. Yes. It's inner yes. family systems. Yes. So that's so kind I'm, of, I'm our, in a life team too. We meet once a month and we do 
You're doing IFS. That's so awesome. It's really good. We do IFS together. That's amazing. And we'll, and we'll start talking to that way to each other. Like if someone's like, well, here's what's going on. You're like, it sounds like there's a part of you that's feeling this. What does she need? And even on Friday, I have had a very much a ruminating part. Like I've had a, a part of me that's like got the telescope out and is on watch. Like I'm on watch for worst case scenario right now. And I'm like, where, like, what does she need? And what I realized was like, she needed to play. She needed to play. And so on Saturday, which is a day I actually needed to get some work done because my computer broke, blah, 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 all this stuff. I didn't. And my husband and I went out on the lake together, which felt like such a luxury. And I tell you what, I woke up Sunday morning without ruminating. I woke up Sunday morning, not anxious because Mm -hmm. that girl that was holding up that telescope, she just, she just needed to go play. She needed to put it down and go play. And so that's been also just really helpful to help identify what, you know, to your point, um, not just like stopping doing the thing, but what is that part of you actually need? What would serve her? Does she need comfort? Mm -hmm. Does she need like someone to just sit with her and say, it's, I'm not worried about you. It's going to be okay. You know, really identifying those parts and what they need is so powerful. Yeah. And if y'all need help on that, we need to do an episode on family systems, but there are lots of books on. Allison Cook is yeah. amazing. You sh- I don't know if you've had her on your I show yet. parents on. Is that random? I had her, <laughs> but I haven't had her on. Oh, you should have her on. She's like an IFS guru and she just okay. came out with a new book too. Then we'll do that. We're going to do that. And I think when we do see women who are thriving, we celebrate them. Like yeah. our temptation, I think, is to cut, you know, there's this in Australia, they call it Paul, tall poppy syndrome, that there just is this instinct that it's like, oh, when someone is doing well, I'm, I want to kind of cut them down or I'm so jealous that I can't celebrate with them. And I think the anecdote, one, I don't think jealousy is bad. I have really reframed in myself. One of the most powerful things that I have done on a mental level, probably over the last year is seeing my jealousy as like such a gift. And instead of, cause I grew up feeling like jealousy is a sin. And if I could only just be more content, then I wouldn't be jealous of other people. So the antidote to jealousy being gratitude, which I I think gratitude is basically solves everything. I think it's an amazing tool and your jealousy isn't bad. Like I have been going like, oh, thank you. What is this? This is a clue for me. There is something that you're perceiving this person to experience in their life that you don't currently feel full in. And what is that? And lean in. And instead of like being like overwhelmed with my negative emotion towards this other woman, just getting super, super curious and going like, what is it about how she structured her life? Or what is it about her situation or even just how she shows up in the world? And could that actually be a clue for you of like, oh, maybe you should think about you should prioritize that. And what would you be willing to sacrifice to, you know, to have that? And there's certainly situations that we can't change, right? It's like, you got a sick kid and you're watching moms play at the park with their children who are able-bodied. It's like, that is a hard road. And there's just so much, you can't change that reality. And in those situations, we need self-compassion and we need deep empathy and compassion for our sisters. But there are a lot of times where it's going like, oh, you could have that too if you prioritized it and it's a, it's a really meaningful clue to know that that's something that you feel like you could use more of, as opposed to just like banishing it of like, I can't think about that or admit that I'm jealous of that person. Or it disrupts your relationship is what we're talking about. Like I've had that where I was friends with a Miss America runner up. Okay. So the potential for jealousy was high, but I just was like, I'm going to be a student of her. We Mm. are not in competition. 
because I'm nowhere, nowhere near the Miss America ranks, but I just like studied her and learned from her and noticed her little tricks of hospitality. And I was like, mm. I'm just going to learn in these areas that could instill jealousy or instead, just like you said, be curious, be a student. Yeah. So good. Okay, y'all, I could talk for 30 days and that's not going to make for a great episode. So I appreciate y'all being on. I do want to talk for a second about, yes, uh huh. I do want to talk real quick. We are doing the thing in Guatemala and I think it's awesome. Y'all are so for other women. You are so for women having employment. Can you just say one quick thing? And that's the end for the ladies listening who could be a part of this, who could Mm. help these moms, not mom alone in Guatemala. Oh my goodness. Well, we have an amazing community and that we are right in the middle of building. So if you resonated with that whole idea of, I don't want to be alone. And not only that, I want to be a part of this global community to help other moms not be alone. Then we would love to have you join us as a Noonday Collection Ambassador. It's super easy, super fun. We travel together. We do conferences together. Uh, Liz and I meet up with everyone via Facebook once a week and chat. And it really is a place to not be alone. And in fact, I can say over and over again, that is primarily why women are ambassadors is the community and that that experience that they get from not being alone. So we would absolutely love to have you just go to noondaycollection.com to check us out. And how sweet it is knowing that by joining our community and you're feeling less alone, you are also helping women globally, not mom alone, right? Where it's like there is a coming alongside of women globally and saying, you are not alone. Like we know that your, your heartbeat is the same as ours. You want to provide for your babies. You want them to grow up feeling loved and safe and secure. And given the circumstances that you're in, that could be seemingly impossible and not on our watch, like our community and our sense of connectedness, it will result in a, in a truly like global safety net that we are creating for moms across the globe. Um, and the more we feel connected and filled up and energized, the more good that we can do in the world together. And it's no small thing. Like a lot of moms feel like they, they aren't a part of what's going on in the world. And this is a way you mm. can be from your own home, wherever you live. So thanks y'all for joining me and for modeling this well, and just hope all good things. Just all the good Thank things you, I'm throwing Heather. your way. Yes. Yes. All right. Have a good one. Okay. I have more exciting things for y'all to be a part of. After I got off the fu- the interview, Liz and I actually stayed on for another hour and the team at Noonday reached out to me and they said, we would love to do even more for your people. So if you were really interested in becoming a Noonday ambassador If you go to noondaycollection.com forward slash become dash and dash ambassador and you go and sign up, there's going to be a drop down menu for how you got connected and you should select Don't Mom Alone. It's just $1 to sign up for a digital starter collection in October. When you sign up, you are also going to get a free necklace, a heart to heart necklace, which I love, which is like that collaboration concept. And we are going to do a virtual happy hour with Liz and Jessica and me. You will get to chat with us and join in the conversation like you just heard how we can take a million rabbit trails and talk about all the things. Um, It's going to be such a blast. It'll happen 
sometime in the remaining part of this year, but we won't know to invite you unless you select Don't Mom Alone as your connecting point. So go to noondaycollection.com forward slash become dash and dash ambassador. When I say dash, I mean like the straight little line between the words. You know what I'm saying? The link is in the show notes too. Um, Okay. I'm so pumped. I'm so excited, but I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I thank you that you made us all so unique and that we're in different seasons, different stages, but we have an opportunity to work alongside each other, to be creating together and not seeing each other as competition, to see that there's a bigger task at hand, there's kingdom work to be done. And I'm so thankful for how Liz and Jessica have modeled this. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal in our hearts what's holding us back from that small move towards community. What is it that we're believing about ourselves? What is it that we're believing it has to look like? What wounds are we carrying from past community hurts? And what's keeping us from working alongside other people? I pray, Lord, that you would reveal all that to us individually and move us towards others and um, less isolation, God. I pray that you would encourage the mom who's listening, whether she is I'm working outside the home full-time, working from home full-time, balancing lots of different roles and responsibilities that you would be her help and that she would lean on others and recognize that there's a lie, um, scarcity lie and and a lie that she's a burden. I pray, Lord, that we would just lean in on your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I know this episode's so long. Thank you for sticking with it. And I will see you back here next week for a super special episode that I've been working really hard on. It has six different interviews in it, and it is with cast from the Chosen series. Super pumped. Can't wait to share it with you. Meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.